This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Welcome to episode 49 of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. SJP Wrestling Podcast now exclusively coming to you as a Radio Techers production. It feels so, so good to be back. So good to be with Radio Techers. I am over the moon that this show is back. Last week's episode, um, our return, I guess, with uh, Radio Techers head honcho, one of the head honchos, Tanner covering the awesome Money in the Bank 2011 pay-per-view, was hugely well-received. Loads of people had a listen. Loads of people got in contact and said they enjoyed it. It really meant the world to me to have all this positive feedback about bringing this show back to you all. So thank you so, so much. On today's show, we're uh, revisiting a former guest, Kurt Healy from EVM Wrestling in Evesham. Uh, Kurt came on the show Many, many weeks and months ago now, um, not long after he had put on his first show with EVM Wrestling and talked us through the ups and downs of starting a wrestling promotion. Um, Not just starting a wrestling promotion, which is difficult enough in its own right, but starting a wrestling promotion in the middle of a global pandemic, which some people called him crazy. I was one of them. (laughs) We had a good laugh at that. Um, But it ultimately has turned out well. It was a good show. And this is now... Well, they're on show four coming up now, I believe, EVM. Um, This episode with Kurt today was recorded a few weeks back, not long after their third show, where myself, my wife, and my youngest daughter actually went along, watched uh, watched the wrestling matches that Kurt promoted. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, We had friends of the show, Joshua Goodwin and David Eaton on the card, as well as others. Members of the GL2 were there as well, who people may remember from previous episodes of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. And hopefully we'll hear again on future episodes of the SJP as well. Uh, It's a thoroughly interesting discussion with, with Mr. Healy about still having issues putting on putting on shows with with um, COVID still raising its head here and there. Um, a real good sort of catch-up, and I hope to do another one with him in, a, in another few weeks' time. Before we get to that today, though, I just want to give a quick shout-out to everybody involved with the Radio Techers brand, the Radio Techers uh, network, uh, channel, whichever way you want to word it. It really is 
just just coming on leaps and bounds with some fantastic content and some fantastic fantastic content creators we have ufc coverage with the incredible five rounds show hosted by mags and carlos so if ufc um is you know mma is 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 your bag if it's your cup of tea if it ticks boxes for you check this out mags and carlos are so well informed uh intelligent fans of this it is well worth listening to you get instant reactions on the radio techers youtube station as well as a podcast as well from the guys well worth listening to you have football coverage or i mean i'm I'm talking real football here as in you know played with a ball and your feet not hand egg as you know the nfl may be referred to by some the the premier league is covered uh at radio techers the champions league the europa league all sorts with the likes of tanner mags um matt chris so many more as well fantastic football minds on the channel covering this this wonderful hugely popular global sport um and we also have the likes of benny mac ori ray or joining radio techers uh, and producing content as well it's really really exciting to and not only that of course you get exclusively the sjp wrestling podcast and now as well exclusively you also get my other show that i do with my good buddy magsy chain wrestling that will be exclusively now with radio techers so follow the social medias for radio techers at radio techers on twitter uh, find it on youtube with the same handle there give it a like give it a follow give it a subscribe hit all the bells and ticks you need to touch upon on the screen to get all your radio techers content you will not be disappointed i assure you you can follow me at sjp words on twitter you can follow the show at sjp wrestling pod check us both a follow on there as well and i really hope you enjoy our chat today with evm head honcho kurt Ely. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough, but not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mag and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? EVM Wrestling, head honcho, owner, promoter, all-round top main guy, uh, Kurt Healy. How are we doing, sir? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, very good, actually, because obviously one of the reasons we're having this conversation today is that I got to watch some live wrestling for the first time in oh, a year and a half, pushing two years because of the whole COVID pandemic. Uh, and it was at yeah. your show. <laughs> Yes, it was indeed. Yeah, and it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Obviously, for those who haven't um, heard the SJP Wrestling Podcast before, we have been on hiatus for a short time, um, and we are obviously coming to you now via Radio Techers. There is an episode way back when in the archives, I guess is the term some people use, where I spoke with Kurt about starting EVM Wrestling 
up from scratch, basically. Uh, and it was... Uh, uh, the, the initial idea behind booking the, the chat that we had then was to sort of get an idea of, of someone starting a company up and the sort of challenges they face creating a wrestling promotion from effectively nothing. Obviously, since then... There was, well, there was plenty of challenges that went on, weren't there, with regards to the first show with COVID and so on. And then you've been existing throughout the pandemic and now you've just started running live shows again now. So that we kind of thought we'd just touch base and see how things are, are, are getting on and how things are going with EVM Wrestling, Kurt. Oh, really good, actually. It was, uh, it's been difficult with, uh, obviously, obviously, we say about COVID. Mm-hmm. And other challenges as well, which uh, <laughs> have made things difficult, especially that last week. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, just to sort of give a bit of background, I suppose, we joked in our previous discussion that you must be absolutely crazy to be starting a wrestling company in the middle of a global pandemic. And it was quite a, quite a running joke between the two of us that, 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 that you were mad for trying this. Indeed. Give us a little bit of uh, just brief background into trying to get the first show on and the challenges you faced there because you, you were co-promoting with another company that then had to pull out. You lost your main event very close to showtime because of COVID and so on. Just give us a rough idea, a very a sort of a brief recap of, of what went on with the, with the first event. Oh, yeah, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> it was a joint show originally with uh, my, my buddies from Slamdown Wrestling and they were a new company as well. And um, we had three matches each originally planned. And then they were in Wales, and Wales had, like, no, you couldn't travel in and out of country mm-hmm. with the COVID rules. So all those guys had to pull out. <laughs> so it's very short notice, like, literally two days before the show or whatever it was, I had to pick and find, you know, find new guys and you know, pick a card from, like, scratch at really short notice. Then I lost my main event as well because of the two guys in it both had COVID. <laughs> Yeah, was that a, was the one that sort of got me lo- losing your losing your main event. It, wasn't it like the day before or two days the before? Night, yeah, <laughs> the night before. Yeah. Why? I can laugh about it now because it went well in the end. But yeah, <laughs> at the time I felt like crying to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so plenty of challenges, plenty of challenges started that, but it didn't put you off, obviously. No, no. And you've now ran. Was it your third show on the weekend? Just gone. My third one, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, the best one so far as well, I would say. Sorry? I think it was the best one so far, I would say. Okay, yeah. I mean, we'll get to the we'll get to the show and, and, and have a brief chat about that shortly because I'd like to get your thoughts on a couple of things because I obviously was there with my, my wife and my youngest daughter and we had, a, we had a fantastic time. But the second show, the one that sort of uh, sandwiched the COVID pandemic with this show now with lesser restrictions on, kind of paved the way, I guess, for where you're heading going forward with regards to who's at the top of the card who is wrestling for certain titles and so on talk us through just briefly what happened on your second show with regards to um, david eaton in the main event uh, the title picture because you crowned your first evm wrestling champion didn't you we did indeed yeah um so we did a little um the very first show we did a mini tournament like two semi-finals and the winner of those matches would meet on the second show Obviously, the second show was originally supposed to be in December. But yeah. Because of COVID, cancelled everything again, we had to put it back really far. It was like May 29th, it was in the end. It was that long. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite a delay, isn't it? It was a five, nice five-month delay. It was, it was lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, we had Dave Eaton and Ruddy win the two semi-final matches. So they main evented for the title. So uh, we had uh, Eaton go over, win the title. 
you know, happy days. There was good babyface winning all that sort of stuff. And uh, earlier in the night, we had Hotshot Adams win a um, guaranteed contract for a top shot any time he wanted it. Kind of like Money in the Bank, but it was just, it was a singles match. It was just literally, he could just take whatever he wanted to take it. And he took it at the end of that night. So he had the belt for about 30 seconds. Right, okay. Before he had it stolen, basically. Yeah, okay. Um, obviously, David Eaton, you know, real, real good friend of the show, comes on on a regular basis, looks back at old pay-per-views with me and so on. It's odd a little bit, I think, seeing Eaton, seeing David wrestle as as a good guy because i've always known him as the bad guy whether it was part of the heritage city hitmen as a tag team or as a, a sort of three person stable i guess he's always worked more on the bad guy side of the fence whenever i've seen him and i'm a big fan of david i think the guy's absolutely fantastic because he, he does wrestling he wrestles in a way that ticks a lot of boxes for me because it's it, it, it you know you can you can have all your flippy flying around stuff that's entertaining i understand great you can have the you can have the the big guys just pummeling each other i understand but ultimately it always comes back to saying it says wrestling on the poster so yep. and david eaton is a a wrestler it's it's technical it's hold for hold it's counters and then counters again i really enjoy watching david work and it was a great great experience for me seeing him again um at the show we've, we've just witnessed last weekend going forward obviously this this event that we had uh as we were recording a few days back how how was that how was the build-up to that because you'd think with restrictions lifting and with in theory the end of the pandemic the sort of uh, the end of the tunnel is is in sight i guess but yeah, there was still a few setbacks along the way, wasn't there? There was, yeah. But I mean, even though there's no league restrictions on um, like attendances now, the school were very cautious and they wanted the venue. They wanted to still keep it, you know, slightly limited, you know, just to be safe, which is fair enough. I get it. It's a mm-hmm. school at the end of the day, so yeah, I was respectful to what they wished, and so they gave me fifty fans is what I was allowed. Whereas, uh, um, sorry, it was it was thirty odd, wasn't it? In the in the first show, is that correct? Yeah, the first two shows, I was only out 30, both yeah. shows. So it's not, it was a nice increase, you know, 50. It was, and I think I got close to it. I lost a few guys because I changed the date because I, I was off with COVID, so I had to rearrange it two weeks later. So I lost some, I had to refund a few tickets because people couldn't make the new date, which is a shame. But I think we're still close to, very close to the sell-out number, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's, that, it's that thing, isn't it, of, uh, again... Um another challenge thrown in your way for, for you to hurdle, I suppose, in that you lost the main event to a previous show due to COVID. You had to... You've had, well, yeah, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> we, we, you've, had to, you've had to delay a show for, for many, many months due to COVID and so on. All outside factors interfering with, with what you're trying to do, and that's provide people with some level of entertainment during this tough time. But on this occasion... It's actually COVID directly affecting you that meant the show had to be delayed on this occasion, wasn't it? Indeed. I mean, I tested negative every time I did it. But because I was in contact with someone who had it, they basically, you know, the NHS app, you know, the, yeah. they pinged you and you were like 10 days in my bedroom, which was really boring, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. I went downstairs afterwards, the 10 days, I was like, so... So I said to my wife for the first time in 10 days, and obviously it's just strange. I'll have to go back upstairs. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it very weird because I got used to being in there. Yeah, no, I understand. It, it, it's, it's, it's life-changing, isn't it? It's basically you're effectively 
I suppose, for want of a better term, you're imprisoned inside your own bedroom, and, and uh, that is. Mm. I came back to shave my beard, nothing. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, with regards to that, then you, you had to um, move this event back again, another uh, another few weeks to sort of clear your ten days isolation. But that that brought on more challenges again, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I so I had um. I don't know if I, if I should mention names, see, because, you know, it's it's a very you, touchy subject. You talk about as much or as little as you feel comfortable with. Don't you worry. Cool. Well, I had a tag team booked, well, two, I had a tag team match booked. Um, it was the seven versus GL2. Yeah. And it, it was a semi-final, it was going to be a semi-final match for the tag team tournament. And the next semi-final was at the next show. And the final will be in December, you know, for the last show of the year. So that's all. that was all planned out. Um, one member of GL2, uh, Eric Myers, uh, actually got COVID, so he had to pull out. And then I had issues with the other team, with an incident that happened at a show the week before. Okay. Which means I had to pull him out of the team, out of the um, show, because it was, I couldn't possibly have them on after what happened. Yeah, just, just you know, behaviour that's not acceptable. Yeah. I'm not arrogant to those about it, but it was... In my opinion, it was unacceptable, and I can't have that. So I was, I was like, see you later. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and, the, and these are the decisions as as the promoter. These are the decisions you have to make. Um, you're, you're, you've got to you've got to look after your your show, your audience, your fans, the children who come to watch, and so on. Um, so it's a decision you, you know you, you have to make. It's just again, it's another another hurdle for you to overcome, I guess, because you've had you've got a tag team match scheduled for the show. And then out of the four guys in the tag match, you've lost three of them, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lost three. It was a bit, a bit upsetting. But, I mean, Roy, Roy did a singles match for me, as you know. You were there. And yeah. he, he did really well. It was a really good match, wasn't it, that one, I thought? Yeah. Um, I mean, Roy Stevens, well, the GL2 in general, Roy Stevens and uh, Eric Myers are, are both former guests on the show. Um, they've come back on as well to review pay-per-views with me and so on um so there and of course like my my main company i suppose the company that's closest to me as many people will know is, is evolution wrestling in gloucester that's yep. the one that we go to we go along to the most as a family simply because it's on our doorstep and we always have a great time there and gl2 are very much a a, a product of evolution wrestling i guess aren't they they're a mainstay aren't they they're, they're one of their main teams and stuff aren't they so it was yeah. good to have them on there it's good to have them on the show. And they're both really lovely lads as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, I about I've got so much time for, for, for Roy and uh, uh, Eric Myers, definitely. the two two top fellas. But, I mean, again, the majority of people I speak to on these shows tend to be. Um, an interesting, I, I suppose, an interesting development for, for the show that we were attending this week. It was a bonus, because by this stage we already had our tickets. Um, was the... The return, I suppose, but in a slightly different guise of Joshua Goodwin, who, yeah. again, was a, a former member of the Heritage City Hitmen with David Eaton, um, a team that we were very, very fond of, my wife and I, uh, for a long period of time. Like Dave, uh, sorry, um, Joshua had stepped away from wrestling for a while, as he, as he explained on the show when he came on um, a few months ago. But this was his, his comeback match, wasn't it, against... Um, who, who was it he wrestled against, sorry? Jay Sykes. Jay- That's right. 
yeah um with a new with a new gimmick a new a new style a new uh a new a new set of gear and a fantastic uh crown to go along with this as well um, <laughs> it's fantastic isn't it <laughs> um, it was really good it was i love those sort of gimmicks so you, you remember them don't you you remember them yeah exactly exactly um how did that come about? This is did did Joshua contact you? Did you contact him? How did you first hear about um, Joshua Goodwin thinking he was going to be making a return to the ring? Yeah, he contacted me actually. Um, Dave Eaton, our good mate, uh, sort of suggested to him and say, "Can we come work with me? Basically, come work with my shows." So I was like, "Okay." So he messaged me, and we just started chatting. Really, so I knew him as the tag team member of Heritage City Hitmen. So I knew. Mm-hmm he was and they pitched this king gimmick to me and i quite like gimmicks i quite like those outlandish sort of characters so i was like yeah you got the gear mate yeah feel free we'll give it a will and that's basically how it happened yeah and it, it, it he didn't miss a step did he on his return he looked like he'd never been away yeah he was he was really good i thought yeah he was brilliant yeah um, and also obviously there's a few people on this 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 show the evm show that i attended that I've never seen wrestle before. The likes of Toby Valentine, for example, he wrestled in the opener. I was really, really impressed with him. Um, the ladies' match later on in the card, where you had Echo Reed versus Ruby, I thought that yeah. I thought they put on a fantastic performance. The two, the two young girls there. That was the only match I was able to see all the way through. <laughs> uh, okay, because <laughs> uh, I was because I was trying to come out of side doors now and again to watch for the windows and that because I was doing a lot of backstage stuff. So. I managed to get everything I was doing, and I was able to watch that all the way through from the beginning. So, which is, which is really good. Yeah, they're, was... they're, they're both only like twenty years old as well. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It makes me feel about a hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same, I was like honestly a dad, so I was a little bit like, oh god. But I thought they were both very, very good. Um, they told a great story in their match as well. Some, some brilliant, um, well, very, very athletic manoeuvres as well. You could see the sort of cheerleading background, I suppose, that Ruby has coming across in her wrestling and some of the some of the things that she does in the ring. Um, I, I thought they were they were really, really talented pair. Uh, and, and at that age as well, they've got the world in front of them, haven't they? Really. I mean, they have. I was getting messages from some of the other punters like text messages and things like that and private messages to my uh, EVM Facebook account saying how impressed they were with those two so it was it was really good to hear and I sort of told them obviously said how impressive they were to other people so they were really appreciative of that I think yeah yeah Getting and rightfully so Gary it's it's good for them yeah I mean you also however speaking of David Eaton earlier on in the show the, the main event of this show was supposed to be a rematch for the title um, but that yeah. changed as well. Uh, obviously, plans change. You know, card subjects to change is is the, the famous saying that has been associated with wrestling for a very long time. But sorry, <laughs> I always write that on my posts as well. I was at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I think it needs to be there, doesn't it? Shows. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the the original card had David Eaton challenging for the EVM um, heavyweight championship. That had to change as well because the the current champion was unavailable on this date. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. He, he was too. He, he couldn't. He did the original date and he couldn't do the new one. Yeah. So we had to sort of rearrange it again. So I had to come up with a new storyline to say why he wasn't there. Which I <laughs> think so. Which I think is very interesting because what we have now is 
David Eaton, um, he faced Casey Wilde in the main event. And I've never seen Casey Wilde before. Again, very oh, imp- impressed with him. Yeah, he does a lot of um, he works a lot of exposure wrestling for in Wales. He does a lot of stuff from there and um, RWS as well, which is like Lewis Blaine's promotion. He does that stuff. He's okay. quite impressive, athletic guy. I think he's he's really decent. He's got a good character. Yeah, the the sort of flashing lights on the boots. I, I got a kick out of, and there's tassels galore all over the place. I mean, visually, it's it's a very striking a striking gimmick, a striking outfit, isn't it? With lights and uh, everything like that. It's it, you know, it's memorable. Again, I suppose it's in the same way that we discussed um, uh, Joshua Goodwin and the King being memorable, and you walk away from a show remembering this character and his match. It's similar with Casey Wilde, the appearance of the guy and the way the way he looks and the way he comes to the ring. It does stick in your mind straight away, doesn't it? It does, yeah. He's got that. He's got something about him that he just yeah, you can just be drawn into it. So much so that my mum actually friended him on Facebook and started messaging him and stuff on on his page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Sorry, your boots. It was really funny. Amazing. That's interesting for him. But the the sort of direction you headed was to have the main event of this show, I suppose, have bigger uh, sort of decisions being made towards when David Eaton finally does get his title match. If Casey Wilde was to have won this contest, he would have been added to the match, making it a triple threat. And David Eaton wins, pick, and he picks the stipulation. Now, I mean, if you want to take it from there Kurt and just explain what happened in the main event and, and where we're going for the next show with regards to the heavyweight title uh, the next show, next show will be um, there's a confirmed date 19th of September it will be David Eaton challenging Hotshot Chris Adams to the title it's a loser leaves towel match so whoever loses is out basically gone from the company yeah really interesting stipulation as well I mean I wasn't expecting that to be to be the the stipulation David chose, knowing his his um, personal taste in in wrestling and how he won this contest via submission with the figure four, I, I kind of thought, oh, we might go for some sort of submission style stipulation here. That's kind of thought, but this loses this uh, lose leaves time match is actually his idea as well. He oh, pitched okay. this idea. There is a reason for it, but I might, I might have to tell you uh, out of the. Uh, I, I think we've already discussed that. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> know why it's <laughs> yeah of course but you don't give too much away like, obviously yeah yeah of course of course um so where was casey wilde fitting in in the card beforehand then before you had the, before you lost the champion for this date he was he was actually a late addition okay. so he wasn't on the card originally um but he, 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 i talked to him quite a bit anyway and i was i had him planned for september anyway so he was going to be on the car for september no matter what and I, I, I just messaged him saying, do you fancy come down in a couple of weeks and we'll get you a match sort of thing? So it just came from there, really. I'd already gotten booked for September and December. Mm-hmm. I just thought, if, you want, if he's got a free, if he's free on that date, I'll tell him what the plan was. And he was happy to come and do it. And because uh, Eaton had been on um, Q-Ball's podcast before, mentioned how he struggled to beat Casey in a match. He's all had problems beating him. Right. Well, Hotshot picked Casey as his opponent because he knew he'd have problems trying to beat him. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to Q Ball and his his partner Big D in a moment. Um, 
But I mean, yeah, Kewal's a, a top bloke. I've been on his show and he's been on mine. Um, lovely, lovely fella. But I mean, with regards yep. to the rearrangements you had, how does this affect? Um, I, I suppose basically what I'm doing now is I'm trying to sort of pick your brains as the organizer, pick your brains as as the booker, I guess. Um, how does this affect putting the show together? How? How early on do you know, okay, I've got to change this match, this match, and this match? And then have you in your head already got effectively a running order set out that you have to tinker with? And why do certain matches go in certain spots, I guess? I, ch- I changed the running order for this show like about five, six times. Okay. Once, once, I lost a couple of guys, you know, through the incident and stuff, and then the other one through COVID and losing the champion as well. I had to sort of move stuff a bit of stuff around. When I first... Uh, did all the card up. It was all in good positions. Then I, when I had to rearrange it, I put stuff around again, and it was, like, very heel-heavy at the start and stuff like that, and I was like, okay, better move this stuff around. I was getting, like, three or four heel wins in a row. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, right. so, so I was like, let's start moving it about. Um, I changed it about six times before I settled on the right order. Um, it, hasn't, it hasn't changed many plans for the next show, really. So that was, that was the one thing. I haven't really had to change much for the next show because a lot of those guys... We're already booked for the next one anyway. Okay. So some of it's, a lot of it's the same. I've got about seven matches booked for the next one, which I'll start revealing soon. And five of them have already, were already the same as I originally booked. So I've had to change too much really, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you sort of, still able to, I suppose, um, stick with the bigger picture, the bigger plan going forward, I suppose. Um, you say that about rearranging the, the card based upon uh, the, the order of the matches, the running order, I suppose, and it being a little heel heavy at the beginning and so on. Um, just explain to anyone listening what exactly you mean by that. I mean, that's the sort of thing I'm, I'm sort of really trying to pick your brains over, I guess. What, why do, why would you as a promoter who obviously knows who is going to be going over, who's going to be winning the matches, uh, knows what's going to be happening in these different contests, how how do you structure the card from opener up to, the, to when you have your break and then to when you come back to the main event and so on? How do you sort of prioritise which match goes where? What's the sort of criteria for that? Um, I, to, be, to be honest, I just go with what I think people would like from the beginning. I mean, originally I had the tag team match to start, originally, so because it, it was the company's first ever tag team match, I thought that's a great way to open it. And then, okay. then what happened, it took a bit of the shine away from what what I was trying to do with it because I, I had to have two new teams for the tag team match so I was like well, okay I've been pushing some of a tag match for ages hyping up to be the first ever tag match in the company and I lost both teams I was just like oh, I'll put some else first there's been an advertised match the whole time so I put the bestie and uh, Valentine on first mm-hmm. so I've been out to them from the beginning so I was like well let's get them on first and I know they're good young lads they've trained down at Reach in Plymouth um, I thought I thought that would set a tone because they're no real talented lads, so I thought that would just be a good way to kick it off. But I, I had like three or four heels in a row winning when I originally typed out the uh, running order. Okay, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> That's what I mean by heel heavy. It was all like heel wins for the first half of the show. Yeah, and I was like, well, fans be a bit peeved if they got to the break and no babyfaces won a match. So <laughs> no, I understand. I, 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 and then I, then I think I had the right order in the end. I think it worked out quite well. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. There was a definite flow to the event. I mean, I uh, there was no moments where I suppose it's a bit of a cliche, I guess, but it's, if you're if I'm at a football match or if I'm at um, a, a wrestling event, I guess, or if I'm watching something on the television, I know can I can tell how into it I am by how often I pick my phone up. I suppose because it's not something that. I would subconsciously do just grab my phone up, but it, if I, if I find my attention drifting, it's kind of like a natural thing for me just to pick my phone up and start scrolling, I guess. Um, and I didn't have to touch my phone once throughout this event. It had a definite flow to it. There was no, there was no lulls, I guess, in, in the matches or the running order that made me kind that's of good. lose interest. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good to hear actually as well because it means I've got it right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, you can't, especially when you're not I'm a novice promoter. I've done three shows. There's always, there's always going to be like cracks and stuff, isn't there? So to get it pretty spot on by my third show, I'm quite happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, and it is so that good. thing of, I guess, you say it's your third show, and that's that's why it's so interesting for me because obviously we had you on on the SJP Wrestling Pod when you were literally just starting out, and now you've ran a couple of shows and you've had you've, you've had challenges in putting. Um, this promotion together this this starting this company up that no other wrestling promoter would have experienced um so that's why i think it's a really interesting tale looking at uh the challenges and and the, the hurdles you have to jump over and so on to get these matches uh in the ring to get these events uh, on for the people who wish to come and see them so that's why I, I, i'm so keen to have you back on and talk to you again now having actually come and witnessed a, a show myself you mentioned the the tag match there. You had Yaren Scare, which is a friend of the show, Cubal, and his partner Big D, versus Lucky Bowden and the Necessary Evil Palmer. Yeah. The impression I got um, from the the heel side, I guess, Palmer and Bowden, is that they were very much thrown together and didn't really want to team together. Is is that sort of yeah. the angle you were going for? That's the story we're going for, yeah. Because um, we had Bowden as a babyface, really. He was the reluctant partner, so they, you could see they were arguing during the match, and they were trying to outdo each other. Um, that was the story we're going for to set up a feud between those two, which is going to start in you know they match in September, and but it's going to keep going for a bit. Yeah, I mean, and, and um, that's good. That's I mean, there's a couple of nice little subtle touches I, I found early on in this match with regards to just something as straightforward as the entrances. Now, obviously, I, I'm coming in very much... I'm coming in cold to this. I'm coming in having... I, I don't know... I know Q-Ball, I know Yeah and Scare. I, I'm not familiar with the, the guys on the other side of the ring. So they have this story to tell, and I imagine it wouldn't be just me who was unfamiliar with this because you're you're a new company, and obviously the pandemic has made it difficult for you to get the numbers through the door that you would like because literally you're being told, okay, you hit this number, you are allowed no more. So I'd imagine there would have been new faces and new eyeballs on the product. So little touches like, for example, Palmer putting his jacket on the ring post, just hanging it up, ready for it, ready to compete, um, and Bowden coming down and throwing his jacket off onto the floor to hang his own jacket up. Straight away, yeah, you could... Yeah, just a little touch like that. It may seem like not much, but straight away, it's sending the message out to those watching. Okay, these guys are not necessarily on the same page. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was It was literally... The idea was that they were the reluctant partners because there was got a chance to get winning gold, you know? Mm-hmm. That is why they stayed... They're like team together, is the story. 
They're like, okay, I, I don't want, I don't like this guy, but there's a chance to win a title belt. Let's do it, sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> the idea was they hated, but it was that's how it looked on the show. Yeah, that's the way it came across. Yeah, I mean, with um, with regards as well to Palmer, the necessary evil, and Big D on the the other side of the ring. Those are some big, big boys, aren't they? That that is some Just, beef in that ring. It is indeed. The funniest thing, after when you go backstage and talk to them, they're two of the loveliest guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, but they're, they're big guys, and they you, you want to you get a fight with them, to be honest, would you? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Again, some extent stuff that match, where Bowden was trying to like, body slam Big D. Yeah. And he kept trying to tell Palmer to stay back, and he was going to try and do it again. I think yeah, it, four times trying to do it to him. Yeah, and those little moments I think are really important as well because you've got the main event not long after this. You've got the tag and then it was the ladies and then it was the main event, wasn't it, I think? Um, and, could, uh, and we had the Worcester uh, Championship final in between that as well. Yes, of course. So, tag, yeah, yeah. so you, you, you come back from your your break, your interval, your intermission, ho- however you wish to refer to it as, and you've got, I suppose, people coming back, taking their seats, looking into the ring, and, and they've had... Um, they've seen a couple of bad guys win early on in the card. There's been some um, great, great heel work for, from Joshua Goodwin yelling at the crowd and so on. And then you get these yeah. little moments in the tag match of of just pure comedy. And I think it really does help move a show along when you get these little funny moments in the ring with with, with um, Bowden trying to slam Big D and so on. It's I think it's great. Yeah, and, and yeah. my daughter, Charlie, was absolutely wetting herself. She was roaring with laughter watching this. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I saw, I saw bits of this. I saw the body slam attempt from the window. I saw, I saw my, my mom was watching it. She was in there as well, and I saw her laughing. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and that's what was... have sort of things in the matches. Sometimes you just have to have that comedy and not all be serious all the time. Yeah, I mean, you can't have... <sighs> You can't have everything the same because then once you've seen you've seen an hour of action, you've seen everything, haven't you? So, um, and to be fair, if Bowden was able to slam Big D, everyone would know it was real and realistic, and that couldn't ever happen. As yeah, well. I guess. Obviously, it would never ever happen. You would never be able to pick him to slam him down. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. If you jumped and did that, it's just wouldn't have worked really. <laughs> and I suppose finally, I mean, it didn't close the show out. We've already discussed the main event with um, with David Eaton choosing his stipulation for his, his title match at the next show. Um, it didn't close the match out, but there was another championship on the line um, in the second half of the event. Tell us a little bit about this and, and the idea behind creating this new title um, and the people that you had competing in the tournament um, uh, to, to try and win the the Worcestershire Championship. I was I was always looking to bring in another another title, you know, like the undercard title. Um, it's always good to have another title to elevate people. Mm-hmm. So you get them to like take the next step to get the main title. So that that was the the aim behind it, really. Um, I never advertised it because I wasn't sure the battle would actually arrive on time. Oh, okay. I bought it and it made, but I wasn't sure I'd get here before show day. I, I, it was a very late decision to order one basically it was like the day after I cancelled the the previous date for the show and I thought okay I was going to introduce my new title in September but I thought well I've lost my championship match for the show I wonder if I can get a belt in and get it a month, can you, a month early 
So it came on the Thursday, so it actually arrived just a couple days before the show. But originally, the triple threat match I had originally planned was going to be the, the championship match. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to add um, Abel Evans into that match to make it a four-way. And I decided to do two singles matches and then you know, a final instead. Like a mini tournament, which was a little bit better, I think, in the end. Yeah, it was. It was in, And uh, of course, I, to me, it, you can build throughout the show then can't you you can build you can tell a story in the separate matches and separate moments as happened with um joshua goodwin attacking sure. the eventual champion uh, um and so on you sort of you're already adding adding extras to what's going on to be looking forward to the next event i suppose yeah i've got i've got the, the championship matches for the you know for that title planned for the next two shows so as long as those guys said they are available, so as long as the house happens, I've already got four thinking plans at the end of the year revolve around that new title. Right. So that's good. So I like to four plan things. I like a long term story. It's only stuff like when incidents happen, you know, out of your control, you have to start re- rearranging plans and making new ones, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Okay, well, as, as I said, um, Kurt, it's been great being able just to touch base with you again after actually finally meeting you in person this time and um, seeing the event myself firsthand. Um, I look forward to getting to more EVM wrestling shows with my family. Um, for those who are interested, do you want to just give uh, give some details out to anyone listening now with regards to upcoming shows, um, whereabouts they can find you online for more information with regards to venues and so on? Okay, yeah, sure. Um, got another one, 11th of December. That's uh, earlier in the afternoon. I think I've got for 3 o'clock. Um, the only social is on is Facebook, so we've got a Facebook page, obviously. Um, EVM Wrestling Official was called. Yeah, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. So anyone yeah. listening now, just uh, go and find EVM Wrestling Official on Facebook. Uh, this is where you can get all the match announcements, the the venue details, the ticket details, all that good stuff there, and you can keep up to date with what's going on. This is quite a good deal we get with them. So, Say so that again, sorry, you broke up a little bit. Stick to the uh, same venue at the moment because it's quite a good deal we get with them. Okay, it's um, really good venues. You you were there. It's really good, good place to have a show. I think. Yeah, 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 definitely. And with capital capacity, it's going to you can get like 120 odd in there with the oh. ring. So it's a it's a good you know good venue when it's full capacity. That's what I'm looking forward to eventually getting that. Yes, definitely, definitely. I'll have to try and make sure that I'm one of those 120 ish people. Um, and again. Mr. Healy, thank you so, so much for your time this evening, just popping on to sort of touch base and give us a little update on how how EVM Wrestling is getting on. Um, I look forward to seeing more shows myself and hopefully getting you back on again when we have potentially the next step in in the progression of the company. Um, No restrictions at all, full crowds, all all guns are blazing. We'll see what happens, eh? we'll see what happens there. So let's just hope we can follow through with them, basically. Yeah, definitely so, definitely so. Okay, um, Kurt, thank you so, so much for your time. And to thank everyone, you very much. And to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening.